Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive into today's Morning with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I am so excited that you all are here this morning to study the Bible on this Friday. Uh, Somebody said, it's Friday. Who said that? Somebody was like, it's Friday. Salia, there we go. Salia told us it's Friday. It's also the first day of April, which means if you have any pranksters in your life, beware because it is April Fool's Day. So I'm just putting it out there so y'all can't say nobody didn't tell you. Uh, So just beware. Be on the lookout for the people and the children wanting to do the pranks. (laughs) All right, y'all. This is your first time here with us. Hello. My name is Dominique Young and I am the founder here at Faith Mamas. But uh, even more than that, I'm just a sister in Christ that really loves to study the Bible alongside each and every one of you guys. Um, so if you are looking for a community to study the Bible with, you are in the right place. Now, before we jump into today's study of Joshua chapter 18, I want to say good morning. I want to say good morning to all my friends I see here live. Oh, April, since I'm 47 today. Okay, your birthday is April 1st. I know that's right. Good morning and happy birthday. Amen. Happy birthday, April. All right. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Nidia. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, uh, good morning, Celia. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Latrice. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Tamika. Hey, sis. Good morning, Roma. Good morning, Bella. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Elena. Good morning, Barb. Good morning. Hey, y'all. Natalia, Jessica, Donita in the building. Hello and good morning to you. I'm so excited to see you guys this morning, and I look forward to seeing what God is going to... You know what I just thought about? April, your birthday is on April 1st. That is so cool. When I was seeing people say, happy birthday, April, I thought they were saying, like, happy birthday because April has just come. (laughs) Then I'm like, oh, no, April's birthday is April 1st. That is so cool. I love it. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right, y'all. Well, good morning, Anastasia. Y'all know how we like to do it. Before we jump into uh, Joshua chapter 18, let's go ahead and tell God, let God know what are we grateful to God for this morning? What are we grateful um, to God for this morning? Wow, April says I was born on my mother's birthday. Wow, 
That is so cool. I love it. That's really, really cool. All right, y'all. Well, what are you grateful to God for this morning? What are you grateful to God for this morning? I'll start. I am grateful, y'all, that the Faith Mamas retreat is almost sold out, y'all, and it's only April. I, you don't, y'all don't understand. This is our first in-person retreat, um, and I was nervous. I'll be honest. I was nervous. I was like, ooh, if people don't buy these tickets, I have to somehow still pay this uh, this fee. Oh, my nose. I have to somehow still pay this fee. And so I was a little nervous. And my cousin Janice was like, Dominique, it's going to be fine. People are going to buy the tickets. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I was like, I was prepared to be like, okay, well, you know, by the time we get to September or so, I mean, um, August, maybe that's when the ticket sales will probably pick up. And then we are in April and the retreat is almost sold out. You hear me? We have not even pr- promoted it outside of the app. We haven't sent out any emails. We haven't done any of that yet. We're supposed to do that next week, but already it's almost sold out. I am like, I'm absolutely floored, flabbergasted, amazed. Um, God is so good. So I had to shout out God and say, thank you, Lord. God is faithful. God is, God is awesome. God is awesome. <laughs> so faithful. He tells you to do something. He will He will do what needs to happen because I'm telling you, we haven't marketed. We haven't done none of that stuff that I know like from all the classes I've taken that I'm supposed to do and the tickets are just going, 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 going. And I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Nidia says, I'm grateful for Shanda, April, and Janice for attending yesterday's Single Mama Circle. Happy birthday, April. That is so awesome. I was going to ask how that went after we got off today. So that is so awesome. You guys, first of all, can I just say that when you attend um, things that that the women in Faith Mamas put on, I know that it is an encouragement to them. Can I just say that at first? And then also, I want to thank all of the women that are willing to do these Zoom meetups, these in-person meetups, um, because like, ah, just it's just amazing. This community completely amazes me all the time. Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for what will un- what we will unearth as we study Joshua 18. For me, this has been a journey. Come on. This has been a journey. Amen. Heather says, I'm grateful for the difference of faith mamas. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Erica says, happy birthday, April. I'm grateful for my parents raising me in a Christian family. Amen. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. That is beautiful. Bella says, I'm grateful for waking up today for another day in community for another Joshua episode. I love it. It's a Joshua episode. I love it. Tamika says, grateful for life. Amen. April says, I'm grateful I paid for the retreat yesterday. I saw you, sis. I was like, y'all don't understand. I saw you. I saw Jessica. I'm like, I'm finna meet these people in person. This is gonna be so amazing. So I'm just really excited. I saw Shanda's gonna be in the building and Roma's gonna be in the building and and Miss Margaret's gonna be like, I can, and uh, Dr. Mabrina's gonna be in the building. Allison's gonna be in the building. It's gonna be awesome. Like, I am just, y'all don't even understand. Cousin D is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Janice is going to be there. Like, y'all don't understand. Bailey's going to be there. I am, like, super hyped. Lanita is going to be there. I'm super hyped. Y'all just can't tell me nothing. I am just like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be amazing. Salia says, I'm grateful for the gift of prayer. Amen. Roma says, I'm grateful for thank 
God, I'm free. Amen. I thought you was going to say, thank God it's Friday, but thank God I'm free. Praise the Lord. TGIF. Amen. Joanne says, I'm grateful to God for how he has continually blessed and protected my 82-year-old mother. I'm just grateful. Praise the Lord for our seeing 82 years of life. That's absolutely amazing. Latrice is grateful to God. Been suffering with vertigo this week, but this morning I'm persevering. Thank God. Amen. Praise God for the perseverance. And we're keeping you lifted in prayer. You guys, please make sure you write Latrice's name down in your prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, Heather says, oh, I'm grateful for the, the difference Faith Mama's Mornings with Jesus has on my life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Lilith says, I'm grateful to God for waking me up this morning for another study of for another day of Bible study with you all. And we're grateful you're here. Natias is grateful that today is Friday. It's been a long week. Come on. And for those of us that are, are learning how to um, embrace and celebrate Sabbath. This is an awesome day. It's the it's the day of preparation, the day before, or a couple hours before Sabbath. Come on now, it's gets reason to get excited. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Don Donita says, "I'm grateful for God and for His protection and faithfulness." Amen. Medea says, "I'm just grateful." Come on, Hallelujah. Shanda says, "I'm grateful for." For God, because he certainly knows how to make things happen. We serve um, a make it happen God. Come on. Hold up. Bevy says she's going to be at the retreat. Really? Bevy, aren't you in the Bahamas? Hold up. Don't get me hyped. Do not get me hyped. Like, do not get me hyped. One of our sisters from Canada said, I'm trying to make it once they, they fix this border situation so I can get there. Y'all don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. I oh mm, y'all. Oh gosh, God is so good. Woo, God is so good. Amen. Shannon says, I'm great. Uh no, Anastasia says grateful for growth and in, improvement in the faith mama's tribe. Praise the Lord. Yes, we're doing a lot of improvements and I'm still in the middle of running a big app update. So if you guys don't know, running an app, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, let's make an app. I'm like, it's a lot of work, y'all. Um because you got to update the system and make sure it still matches with the new phones and the new technology. So, um, and then update things so that it's easier to find once you learn about the audience that's using it. So I pray that some of the changes that are being made um, helps this, it to be even more enjoyable. And I pray that it helps new people understand how to navigate because Faith Mom's got a lot going on. And sometimes people are like, whoa, I don't know. what." <laughs> so hopefully it helps. Um, it to be easier to navigate. Shelly says, I'm grateful to God for reminding me that he is always with me. He has never failed me in the past and he's not going to start now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ellen says, grateful for my mom, sisters, and their their uh, kids. They're in my kids' lives. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a big thing. That is a big thing. Audrey says, I'm so grateful for mornings with Jesus. It has focused me. Praise God. I'm so grateful for your faithfulness for your, to your assignment. It has pushed me forward into my assignment. Come on. Woo. Thank you for teaching. Labor is not in vain. Y'all, I've been hearing about so many women uh, starting Bible studies and 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 getting ready to preach at, at a Sunday servant service and, and doing different things. Like that gets me so excited. Come on. Let's go ahead and 
do whatever God's calling you to do. I'm just really excited about that. All right. All right. I know we got to start, but there's just a few more and I'm excited about them. Donita says, I'm grateful for the first day of the month. So many new things happening starting today. Can't wait to see how God moves. Me too. Brandy says, I look forward to seeing you ladies at the retreat. Me too, sis. You and Unique and Keisha. Like, I'm just excited, y'all. Y'all, y'all. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Natalia says, Natalia helps me navigate because I stay lost in the app. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you get lost in the app, let me know because it will help me. Like, if you're like, hey, I don't really understand this. It'll help me to um, to create a streamlined process because, you know, sometimes it can just be like, Bleh, and you're like, whoa, where do I, hold on. There's a lot going on. So let me know um, because I would love, uh, that's one of the things we're working on is really making it, you know, an easy to navigate place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, amen. All right, y'all. Well, I'm so excited. Uh, so Anastasia said, I'll be there in spirit. Yeah. And sis, we're going to have a virtual option too. So, and, and we're going to make it so that you guys, the virtual people can be seen at points too. So we can see each other because y'all know, um, we would love to see each other's faces. So just some some options out there as well. And hey, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll be able to go on and have a retreat in Italy. That would be so absolutely amazing and go hang out with our sister over there and prayerfully even more sisters over there in Italy. That would be really cool. Okay, y'all. Well, we are getting ready to jump into Joshua chapter 18. We're getting ready to jump into Joshua chapter 18. But before we do, we're going to open up um, in prayer. And I'm excited to see what God will reveal to us this morning. Yay. Okay. CJ says, grateful for spring break. All right, spring break. I know that's right. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for what you're doing, for how you are moving in our lives. Lord, I thank you so much that you have gotten us excited to come together and study the Bible. Uh, Lord, I'm grateful that we are going to get to do this in person soon um, in September, Lord. Um, I'm just so I'm just so grateful for all that you're doing. Lord, we pray that as we move into um, this time of study, uh, that you would open our eyes, that you would help us to see you, that you would help us to know you, that you would help us to draw closer to you. Father, we are so, so very grateful for you. And, and when we go into the scriptures, we just want to know you. We want to know what you want to say, Lord. We want to lean our ear to you, Lord. So we just ask that you lead and guide, and wherever you lead, we will follow. And Lord, we lift up our sister Latrice. We know that she's going through some things health-wise, Father, and we know that you're there with her. And Father, we pray that you would heal her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, from her left fingertips to her right fingertips. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Erica says, whoop, Italy retreat. Come on, Italy retreat. All right, you guys, we are going to be reading today Joshua chapter 18. If you've never read with us before, let me let you know, we read this, the chapter two times. The first time we read it, we take it all in, we soak it in. You can close your eyes. You can just kind of create a picture in your mind of what's going on. And then the next time we take out our pens, we take out our highlighters, we write notes in the margins. Um, we just kind of dig into it. Then we move into a time 
of personal reflection where we can kind of go over our notes and talk to God. And then we move into a time of corporate reflection where we can share the things that we're learning, ask the questions that we have and see what God does alongside us corporately. All right. So we are going to go ahead and read Joshua chapter 18. I'll be reading from the CSB translation. You can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. Here we go. Joshua chapter 18. The entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land had been subdued before then, but seven tribes among the Israelites were left who had not divided up their inheritance. So Joshua asked the Israelites, how long will you delay going out to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your forefathers gave you? Appoint for yourself three men from each tribe and I will send them out. They are to go and survey the land write a description of it for the purpose of their inheritance and return to me. Then they are to divide it into seven portions. Judah is to remain in its territory in the south and Joseph's family in their territory in the north. When you have written a description of the seven portions of land and brought it to me, I will cast lots for you here in the presence of the Lord our God. But the Levites among you do not get a portion because their inheritance is the priesthood of the Lord. Gad, Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh have taken their inheritance beyond the Jordan to the east, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave them. As the men prepared to go, Joshua commanded them to write down a description of the land, saying, go and survey the land, write a description of it and return to me. I will then cast lots for you here in Shiloh in the presence of the Lord. So the men left, went through the land and described it by towns in a document of seven sections. They returned to Joshua at the camp of Shiloh. Joshua cast lots for them at Shiloh in the presence of the Lord, where he distributed the land to the Israelites according to their divisions. The lot came up for the tribe of Benjamin's descendants by their clans and their allotted territory lay between Judah's descendants and Joseph's descendants. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, ascended to the slope of Jericho on the north through the hill country westward and ended at the wilderness around Beth Avon. From there, the border went toward Luz, Luz to the southern slope of Luz, that is Bethel. It then went down by Etaroth Ardar over the hill south of Lower Bethhoron. On the west side from the hill facing Bethhoron on the south, the border curved turning southward and ended at Kerath Baal, that is Kerath Jerem, a city of the descendants of Judah. This was the west side of their border. The south side began at the edge of Kerath Jerem and the border extended westward. It went to the spring at the waters of Niptoah. The border descended to the foot of the hill that faces Ben-Hinnom Hinnom Valley at the northern end of the Rephim Valley. It ran towards Hinnom Valley, towards the south Jebusite Slope, and, towards, and downward to Enrogel. 
it curved northward and went to Enshemesh and on to Giloeth, which is opposite the ascent of Adumim, and continued down to the stone of Bohoan, son of Reuben. Then it went north to the slope opposite the Arabah and proceeded into the plains. The border continued to the north slope of Bethholgal, then ended at the northern bay of the Dead Sea at the southern end of the Jordan. This was the southern border. The Jordan formed the border on the east side. This was the inheritance of Benjamin's descendants by their clans, according to its surrounding borders. These were the cities of the tribes of Benjamin's descendants by their clans. Jericho, Beth-Hogel, Emzkix, Beth-Arabah, Zimram, Bethel, Avim, Hera, Ophrah, Sefer, Ammoni, Ophini, and Geba. Twelve cities with their settlements, Gibeon, Ramah, Beroth, Mizpah, Sirifra, Moza, Recum, Irpil, Terla, Zila, Halif, Jebus, that is Jerusalem, Gibeah, and Kirath. Fourteen cities and their settlements. This was the inheritance for Benjamin's descendants by their Let's read this chapter one more time. This time, take out your pens, your highlighters. Feel free to take notes. Here we go. The entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meetings there. The land had been subdued before then, but seven tribes among the Israelites were left who had not divided up their inheritance. So Joshua asked the Israelites, how long will you delay going out to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, gave you? Appoint for yourself three men from each tribe and I will send them out. They are to go and survey the land, write a description of it for the purpose of their inheritance and return to me. Then they are to divide it into seven portions. Judah is to remain in its territory in the south and Joseph's family in their territory in the north. When you have written a description of the seven portions of land and brought it to me, I will cast lots for you here in the presence of the Lord, our God. But the Levites among you do not get a portion because their inheritance is the priesthood of the Lord. Gad, Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh have taken their inheritance beyond the Jordan to the east, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave them. As the men prepared to go, Joshua commanded them to write down a description of the land, saying, go and survey the land, write a description of it, and return to me. I will then cast lots for you here in Shiloh in the presence of the Lord. So the men left went through the land and described it by town in a document of seven sections. They returned to Joshua at the camp in Shiloh. Joshua cast lots for them at Shiloh in the presence of the Lord, where he distributed the land to to the Israelites according to their divisions. The lot came up for the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin's descendants by their clans and their allotted territory, lay between Judah's descendants and Joseph's descendants. 
Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, ascended to the slope of Jericho on the north, through the hill country westward, and ended at the wilderness around the Thaven. From there, the border went to, toward Luz, to the southern slope of Luz, that is Bethel. It then went down by Atarath Adar, over the hill south of Lower Bethorin. On the west side from the hill facing Bethorin, on the south, the border curved, turning southward, and ended up at Karath Baal, that is Karath Jerem, a city of the descendants of Judah. This was the west side of their border. The south side began to the, at the edge of Karath Jerem, and the border extended westward. It went to the spring at the waters of Neftoah. The border descended to the foot of the hill that faces Ben-Hinnon, Hinnom Valley at the northern end of Rephaim Valley. It ran down Hinnom Valley towards the south Jebusite slope and towards the Enrogel. It curved northward and went to the Enshemesh and on the Giloeth, which is opposite the ascent of Adumim, and continued down to the stone of Bohan, son of Reuben. Then it went north to the slope opposite the Arabah and proceeded into the plains. The border continued to the north slope of Bethogel and ended at the northern bay of the Dead Sea at the southern end of the Jordan. This was the southern border. The Jordan formed the border on the east side. This was the inheritance of Benjamin's descendants by their clans, according to its surrounding borders. These were the cities of the tribes of Benjamin's descendants by their clans, Jericho, Beth-Hogel, Hogla, Emmik-Kizik, Beth-Arabah, Zimram, Bethel, Avim, Pera, Ophrah, Shifar, Amoni, Ophani, and Geba, 12 cities with their settlements, Gibeon, Ramah, Berah, Mizpah, Cherethim, Cherephraph, <laughs> Moza, Rikim, Irpil, Terlub, Zillah, Halif, Jebus, Jebus, that is Jerusalem, Gibeah, and Kerath, 14 cities with their settlements. This was the inheritance of Benjamin's descendants by their clans. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to, to dig into the Old Testament, to dig into all of that is happening. And Lord, we pray that as we move into a time of personal reflection, that you would guide this reflection time, Lord, that you would show us what it is that you would want us to see, that you would cause the verses to jump out that you want us to pay attention to. Father God, we pray that you would lead and guide our personal reflection time and lead and guide our corporate reflection time and show us you. We desire to see you, know you, know what's important to you, Father. And wherever you lead, we will follow. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a few moments to reflect on Joshua chapter 18. Then we'll come back and reflect together. Here we go. Thank you. 
All right, you guys, we are back to dig into this chapter together and kind of share our reflections. And you know, I like to start with a little bit of background, but this time I'm going to focus in on what they were actually doing so we can understand it. So this concept of casting lots was something that we see here. And we actually see the same concept happen um, at Jesus's um, crucifixion, where it said they cast lots for his clothes. So this idea of casting lots, what was happening here is that they would use Typically, they would use rocks or sticks or whatever to represent a person or a tribe. So in this instance, all seven or was it seven? Oh, yeah. All seven of the tribes that were left that had to get land, they had a lot. Right. So Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin had a rock that was assigned to him. The other tribes had a a rock that were assigned to them. And all of the rocks would go into one little bag and they would get shaken up. And then then they would say, this land belongs to whoever's rock falls out. And then the rock would fall out and they would say, oh, it's Benjamin. Benjamin gets this land. So that's how the the concept of casting lots happened. And even when we see casting lots of Jesus' clothes, you have these people that wanted Jesus' clothes. They had a rock or a stick or something that was assigned to them and they would cast it. And and whoever's landed on a certain color, they had different color systems of how they were doing. It's kind of like dice, um, how we would say roll the dice. It's, It's a similar concept, but using you know, rocks and things like that. So that is what was happening here. And that kind of helps us to get a better picture of what was they were doing. So basically Joshua tells them to go out and survey the land and split it up into to seven parts. So they, all of them together, had a, 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 had a responsibility to go out and, and basically lay this, split this land up into territories. They didn't know who was going to get what territory because that depended on whose lot fell on what, but they divided it up into territories. And we don't know what the parameters were. It may be like an agricultural thing where this territory is good for this, or uh, we don't know, but they, they decided to divide it up in this way. And if we look, I'm going to pull up the, the, I'm going to pull up the map that we've been using. If we look at all the land, um, that that is going to be divided up. So there's land above the the tribe of Manasseh and the land below Ephraim between Judah. So that's the land that was getting divided up that they had to divide into sections. Um, so that we see Asher, Nephtali, Zebulun, Ishkar, um, and then we see Dan and Benjamin. Those are the areas um, that they had to divvy up. And they basically made boundaries around them and said, this is one land. This is one set of land. This is another set of land. This is another set of land. Now let's cast lots to determine who gets what. And so that's exactly what they were doing. And it's kind of an interesting process. The casting lots I've done, a, I, I find casting lots so fascinating. And the reason that I find it fascinating is because this practice stopped after the upper room experience with the Holy Spirit. After the Holy Spirit steps on the scene, you see no more mention of casting lots. However, you do see this concept of casting lots throughout the Old Testament, the in the Gospels until the upper room happens in Acts, and you no longer see that practice being used. You see it happen right before 
the Holy Spirit, where they're trying to determine who's going to take the place of Judas, right? But you don't see it anymore after the Holy Spirit. It's like they didn't need that process of figuring things out anymore because they had the Holy Spirit. I find that absolutely fascinating. Okay. So that is the back, that is some of the background of what is happening here, but what is standing out to you? I think I, I saw a question that I wanted to, who is Benjamin? Okay. Yeah. I wanted to answer that really quickly as part of this background. So Benjamin is the full brother of Joseph. So remember, um, Israel, who we know as Jacob also, he had two wives and his two wives gave him also their uh, slaves ultimately. Um, and so one of his wives, he really, really loved. He actually wanted her. It was Rachel and Leah. He really wanted Rachel, right? And she was barren for a while, but then she ended up having Joseph and then she had Benjamin. And so those two kids are actually biologically related from both their father and their mother. And so that's who Benjamin is, but he is one of, he's one of the sons of Israel. All right, let's dig in. Okay, Janice says, if I remember correctly, the map before, Benjamin's portion of land is the smallest. Yes, we see here Jerusalem is in this tiny part, yet Jerusalem is the center of everything for the Israelites. Yes, and Janice says, so it's like God makes the smallest, the most, and the last first. Come on. Ooh, come on. Hallelujah. CJ says, verse two through three stood out. I wonder why the seven tribes took so long to claim their territory. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And they had to be told by Joshua, hey, when are y'all going to claim your land? Like, when are y'all going to go out and claim your land? We, I want to come back to that. That is so good. Lilith says verse three through seven. Let's go there. Verse three through seven says. So Joshua asked the Israelites, yep, here we go. How long will you delay going out to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers gave you? Appoint for yourself three men from each tribe and I will send them out. They are to go and survey the land, write a description of it for the purpose of their inheritance and return it to me. Then they are to divide it into seven portions. Judah is to remain in its territory in the south and Joseph's family in their territory in the north. When you have written a description of the seven portions of land and brought it to me, I will cast lots for you here in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, that same concept that, uh, that same concept that CJ brought, brought out, which is, Hey, they waited so long. Well, they had to be told to go and take the land. Why is that? And I said in verse three, what spoke to my spirit was that God has already given you the promise. However, you miss it because you won't move. It reminded me of faith without works is dead. Man, it kind of is similar to yesterday where Manasseh was like, we need more land. And Joshua was like, go clear the trees. Like there's things that you can do. And they were like, no, no, that's not what we want. Oh, man. And he was like, nope, it's enough. <laughs> Go do these things and, and you will have what you need. Ah, so Leah says, the word delay in verse three stood out to me. I feel like God was speaking directly to me on how long I will delay doing what he told me. Woo. Yeah, come on. 
Janice said, oh, we did. Hey, I'm seeing a pattern of what God is kind of showing us. Janice said, verse three, how long will you delay? If God has given you a promise and told you to move, why delay? Trust and obey, claim his promises. (laughs) And we have to understand that these tribes were used to living together in close proximity right? These tribes were used to living among each other and they were used to being nomads and they were used to not really having land of their own and they were used to all these things. And now they have land of their own, but they're living like they did when they were in the wilderness. Huddled up together the way they did in the wilderness, seeing absolutely no problem with it. Why? Because it's what they were used to. We have to understand these kids, these were the kids that were brought up in the wilderness. They were raised in the wilderness. They were raised in, in, in situations where they lived in close proximity to one another. They were raised in situations where they didn't have land in their, of their own. They were raised in these situations. So it didn't seem that strange that they would stay so closely huddled up. And so Joshua had to say, look, y'all, you got land now. Life is different now and you're still living all huddled up together like you did in the wilderness. Go out, survey the land and divide it up so that we can figure out who gets what land. But we have to recognize that this is what they were used to. They weren't doing anything that was abnormal to them. It was actually more abnormal to them to go and claim land. Like that was a lo- that was a little abnormal to them. So we have to understand that. The normal was to stay close, to stay huddled up, to stay with our people that we are so used to, right? And not to go out and disperse and, and inhabit the land that we were given. So we got to realize that this idea of blessing and this idea of the promises of God takes you out of your comfort zone. And so Joshua had to shake them up like, y'all are just going to sit here living like you've always been living when there's plenty of land, right? April says, I can only imagine how freed slaves felt when slavery was abolished, right? Yes, I'm free, praise the Lord. I don't know how to live in this space. The same thing happened when, remember when we read Exodus, And they were freed from Egyptian captivity. And they go into the, they go into the wilderness grumbling and complaining. They don't really know how to live in, in freedom. And they kept saying, oh, I wish I would go back to Egypt. I wish we should just go back to Egypt. We should just go back to Egypt. We should just go back to Egypt. Anytime something went wrong, we should just go back to Egypt. Why? Because even though Egypt was a horrible place, it's what they knew. Egypt itself isn't a horrible place, but what they experienced in Egypt was horrible, but it was what they knew. And here we're looking at these guys like, go and take the land, y'all. You have land. But how often do we sit in comfortable spaces because it's what we know. How often do we self-sabotage even the things that are coming 
to us. We self-sabotage them because it's like, ah, I don't even know how to, I don't, I don't, I'm so used to everything going wrong. I almost want it to go wrong so I can feel comfortable. Like I'm so used to everything going wrong that I will sit and wait for the other ball to drop. Like I, I'm so nervous about going out. So we have to understand these are the kids that were raised in the wilderness. And now you're telling them to possess a land. This is huge. It's a huge shift. It's a huge shift. And when I see that, I'm like, ooh, I can only imagine. Go take the land. Okay. I mean, yes, yes, I want this land, but I, I mean, I'm so used to this. I'm so used to this lifestyle. Romans says, verse three through five, how long will you sit on your hands concerning the gift that God has given you? Joshua is reminding them to stop procrastinating there is still work to do. He was their accountability partner. And sometimes we need that. Joshua was like, Joshua didn't go out and do it for them. Joshua already had land. <laughs> he was good. But he was like, how long are y'all going to just sit here and not possess the land that is for that is before you? How long are you going to sit here being comfortable, but yet uncomfortable? Y'all sitting here in this tight spaces all together when there is land for y'all to have in different areas. Latrice says, it appears to me that these tribes that neglected that that neglected, as my Bible says, to possess their land were comfortable possessing as a nation, but scared, come on, maybe to go and buy themselves. Something kept them like they seemed almost to think God wouldn't go before them that way. And you got to understand, these are the smaller tribes. These are the smaller tribes. The, most of the warriors came from Judah. Like a lot of the warriors came from Judah. A large portion of the population came from Manasseh. So when we really like, let's look at this. Let's look, we've got to look at this. Um, let's look at this map again. Again, we're talking about the tribes. So if you look at this map, we're talking about the tribes of Dan, Benjamin, Asher, Nephtali, Zebulun, and Ishakar. So those are the tribes that we're talking about. They're small, much smaller than the tribes that already got their land. And it's so very easy to get, like, like you said, to get comfortable, but to also possibly think, I'm not big like Judah. We don't have well-known warriors in our tribes. Like Judah has Caleb, who like, we don't have like well-known people in our tribe. Like we, maybe we're just, you know, better if we all stay together. There's so many things they could be, they could have been thinking. And the truth is whatever it was caused them not to go and take the land that was already theirs. They actually didn't have to, we don't see that they had to necessarily drive anybody out of those lands. The land was already there. They just had to go and survey it and divide it up and then go live in their boundaries that was divided up. But they were so comfortable and felt safe altogether that Joshua had to shake them up and say, no, 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 go possess the land that has been given. We didn't do all this for you not to take the land. 
April says we stay stifled because we are still fearful for the lack of trusting God. I'm growing in this area. Yeah, come on. We all are. Yeah. Brandy says living in what's comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Janice said they got comfortable. Didn't want to have to do something different. Something uncomfortable, even though it meant claiming their promise. And we have to understand that you can be comfortable in an uncomfortable place. And what do I mean by that? You can get comfortable like like um like the 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 Israelites that came out of Egypt. Egyptian slavery was horrible. But yet they felt a sense of well, I predictability, right? They felt a sense of predictability and unfortunately for human beings, predictability for us feels safe even if it's not safe. It feels safe even if it's not safe. This is why they talk to women. A lot of times we talk to women or anybody that's been abused, why it's so necessary to go to counseling and to kind of talk to the trauma because abuse can then become predictable. And then we have a pattern of abusive partners. Why? Not, be, not, not because, you know, of anything, but it just becomes predictable. Like it's horrible. I'm not saying we want it, but it's predictable. And for human beings, we crave predictability. It helps us to feel stable. It helps us to feel secure. But the thing is, we should find our predictability in God. That's the thing. That's why God says he doesn't change, right? So he is our predictability. But when we attempt to find predictability in our circumstances, it can keep us in spaces that are not good for us. So these tribes had a sense of predictability. Oh no, we don't we don't need to go and and possess land. We'll just kind of stay all huddled up all together, right? We'll stay all huddled up together because this is predictable. It may not have been the best thing for them. I mean, you got all these people in a little bitty space, like because that's what they were used to, and it may not have been the best thing for their cattle. It may not have been the, it, it wasn't it wasn't the best thing for the cattle. It wasn't the best thing for it wasn't the best thing for anybody, but it was predictable. And we find comfort in the predictability of our circumstances. And God wants us to find comfort in the predictability of him. Ah, it's so interesting to me what we will do or not do for the sake of predictability. Hmm. Celia says, God tends to take us out of our comfort zone, which makes our flesh uncomfortable, right? He takes us to places that are not predictable. Why? Because we don't need, this. the concept is we don't need circumstantial predictability. We have God. What can we predict about God? We can predict that God is faithful, that God is loving, that God is good. These things will stay the same 
no matter the circumstance. But we're looking for circumstances to be predictable so that we can lean on them. God will lead us into unpredictable circumstances to show show us that he is the one that gives us the stability that we continue to look for in our circumstances. If we look for the stability in our circumstances, we will set ourselves up for bad decisions. Janice has got to get out of our comfort zone to get the best God has for us. Come on. Bailey says, sometimes we think that if God is giving it to us, we don't have to fight for it. Unless God says you won't have to lift a finger, get ready to fight. Get ready to do some work. Get ready to put in something. You got to move. You got to do. You got to divvy up this land. I just said God will keep all his promises, whether we believe them or not. Come on. The land was there. God did his part. I did my part. Are you going to go out and survey the land and divide it up? Hmm. And I see somebody, I see Brandy typed in self-sabotage. I know I mentioned it before and God had to show me that this is a, this is a real thing. And this is actually what was happening here. So the concept of self-sabotage is that God does something, but it looks great. I mean, if we can be honest, like there's some things that just like looks great, but I'm so used to the wilderness that the blessings of God look too good to be true. And I get nervous about putting too much hope into what it looks like it could be that I sabotage the whole thing to make it look more like what I'm used to. I hate, right? We hate living in the chaos. We hate living. And then we see something that looks like where God's leading us. And then we're like, oh, oh. And then we, we do something. We're like, oh, we throw it all off on purpose. Not, not intentionally, but we just, we do something crazy. And it might not be crazy. It might just be staying when God tells us to go, even though it looks great and it looks done and it looks like, ah, and, but we're like, no, I can't go. You can't, what do you mean you can't go? It's already done. I can't, I can't, I gotta stay here. I gotta stay here for this person. I gotta stay here for that person. I, I gotta, I can't. Or the job you've been praying for and the door opens and then you're like, no, no, it's probably not a good idea. I can't, I gotta stay And we have to understand what's happening here. I am getting my predictability from my circumstances and not from God. And it'll keep me stuck. It'll keep me stuck. Erica, or April says the contract process of my house went so smoothly in my second home that it took me about two weeks to be able to celebrate because I ran into so many hurdles in the preceding months, right? So you're like waiting for the other ball to drop. You're like, oh, I got really used to the, I got used to the predictability of the chaos of the circumstance that the smoothness of this seems very abnormal. So we have to understand that what they were doing is not something that we don't do here in modern day. And we have to understand why, what are some of the processes, why we do this? Whew. 
come on. April said, I had a delayed praise, right? It's like, wait, is this real? And we see this happening. Audrey says, we will stay com in comfort because of fear. And we don't want to ch the challenge of the task. It's real. Donita said, God is faithful. Got to catch the replay. We'll see you on the replay, sis. Hey, on the replay, when you're watching this, hey, girl, hey. Erica says, I absolutely hate change. Some mental health diagnoses come with that, but God has overcome. Trust God, that's my part. I'm going to uh, keep saying it till that is more comfortable. Come on. And what God is saying, lots of us, look, human beings love predictability, right? This is a human thing. Human beings love predictability. And that's not a bad thing. First of all, we got to get that. Like recognizing that predictability brings stability is not a bad thing. The problem is we want our circumstances to be predictable. And God says, I want you to know that I, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You can find your stability that you're looking for in me. You cannot find stability in your circumstances. You cannot find stability in the weather. You cannot find stability in your spouse. You cannot find stability in the things that you're looking at stability for because these things will move and shift. God's saying, I stay the same. So the fact that you're looking for predictability is not a bad thing, right? It's human. Look. Even the most spontaneous, I am a very spontaneous human. Ask my, my husband. I just am like, oh, let's try this. Oh, let's try this. Oh, let's try this, right? I'm always like, but even I desire a level of stability and predictability, and that helps me to be spontaneous. When too many things in my life are moving at the same time, even me as a spontaneous person, I can get very overwhelmed, right? Because of why? Because as humans, we desire predictability. Why do we desire predictability? Because we are designed to be in constant unity with God. That's why. It's based on how we are designed. It is a structure of humanity because we were designed to stay plugged into God, the source, and get that constant feedback of predictability. That's how we're designed. But the problem is after the fall, now we're looking for the predictability everywhere else and it's not happening. We're not going to get it. We get it for a little bit and then everything falls apart. And so then we get really nervous about everything around us. And God is showing us throughout the scriptures that you're only going to get the stability and predictability you're looking for from me, but you're going to have to move in your everyday life and not get comfortable in your situation in your season because there may be something better for you. Don't wait to get predictable situations Believe in the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let your stability rest in him and not in how you have always lived your life. Because that'll keep you stuck. <sighs> My goodness. But, but, but the desire for stability is not a bad one. It's just sometimes we place it in the wrong stuff. Right? Sometimes we place it in the wrong stuff. April says we can become victims of our circumstances, forgetting, forgetting who God is. We can absolutely change the narrative and create change. Come on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Genesis, amen. So much better to rely on the predictability of an unchanging, loving God than the predictability of the unpredictability, than the predictable unpredictability of abuse and trauma, right? But because we crave, this is what we have to realize, because we crave predictability, we will look for it wherever we can, even if it's in a situation that's bad for us. It's a human thing to do. We are humans designed to be in constant communion with God and to get our predictability and our stability from him, the stable God. But when we look for it somewhere else, it will keep us stuck. I know that from experience. Latrice is okay, a little like my grandbaby. We have the coolest room for him. He's excited about it, loves his room, but refuses to sleep in it. Rather sleeps with us. He feels safer with us. Yeah. Right? It's predictable. I know that these people, I'm, I'm safe here. I feel safe here. And now granted, praise the Lord that he feels safe with you all. That's a good thing. But a lot of times when we grow and we constantly try to keep ourselves safe through predictability, we can keep ourselves stuck. Natalia says sometimes we can get comfortable in the lack that we don't believe God for more. Our prayers are limited. Mm. Bailey says, I don't think any stories in the Bible had someone who was comfortable serving God. Moses was worried about his speech. Gideon said he was the weakest of the weak. Paul and Joseph were thrown into prison. Come on. God constantly brings them to unpredictable situations. Why? Because he, why do you need a predictable situation when you have a stable God? Hmm. Genesis, go survey, divide. God's not asking them to jump blindly. He tells them to plan it out, see what they have to work with, what what he's given them, and then come back to him to see how to take action. Come on. God is a God of strategy. He's always that. Woo. April says, so true. God says, I am worthy to be loved, but part of me still questions if that's true. So I make excuses not to date, right? And why is this happening? Because over time, if we're honest, over time, I have so much evidence built up that I am not worthy to be loved. Whether somebody abused me, somebody didn't love me, somebody told me that I was unlovable and all this stuff built up and I, that became predictable. So therefore that felt safe. Isn't that there? See, this is how the human mind works. We got to understand how we say it all the time. I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. But if we don't understand how our, how we function, we'll keep this keep happening to us, right? What happens to me if I root my predictability in my circumstances, then what happens to me, the predictability of what's happening to me then becomes, then feels safe. It's very strange how this happens. And lots of psychiatrists, psychologists are studying it out to see like, how is this happening? 
But it's very strange that, hey, even the worst of situations and the worst things we can believe about ourselves, we will believe them because they are predictable and they feel therefore safe because we are designed to find safety in the predictable. Why? Because God is stable and predictable. But our mind doesn't know the difference unless we tell it. Our mind doesn't know the difference unless we tell it. From babies, we are designed to seek out the predictable, stable thing. Why? Because we are designed for communion with God. But our minds can't tell the difference unless we tell it from the predictability and stability of God and the predictability and stability that we're seeking in situations. Our minds will write codes of like, oh, this is stable. Oh, this is stable. Oh, this happens over time. Oh, this keeps happening to you. This keeps happening to you. This keeps happening to you. So this must be where the safety is. This must be where you need to go. This is what's happening to you. This is what your life is like. And your mind will tell it yourself that because it's trying to help you find stability. It's trying to help you find God. But you've got to sometimes tell your mind that ain't it (laughs) that ain't him come on that ain't god because your your mind is not your spirit your mind is just a part of you that's trying to write a code to get you to the stable place why because the stable place is where we're designed to be but the stable place is god but your mind is trying to constantly trying to write a code that gets you to stable that gets you to stable where is the stable place so it'll take what happens to you over and over and it'll create a stable place for you and until you tell your mind look I know you're trying to help me out. I know you're trying to find a stable place for me, but this ain't it. God is the stable place. You've got to start talking. It's weird, but you've got to start telling your mind, look, like they were, I know we've been in the wilderness for all these years. I know we were raised in the wilderness. I know all we know is the wilderness and we've never actually had a land of our own and we have created a stability around the wilderness. We've created a stability around not having a land of our own. We've created a stability in our mind. But I got to tell my mind, look, that's not where my stability is found. My stability has got to be found in God. So I have to constantly redirect my mind to God, because my mind is doing its job. We have to understand our our body is put together, knit together to keep us safe and to ultimately to keep us connected to God. But if we don't direct our mind, our mind is just out here trying to figure it out. (laughs) Out here trying to figure it out. Latrice says, I think that's why Mary was concerned about why she found um, favor with God. I'm sure she read about all these people. Yeah. Ellen says, wow, this all hits me. Letting go, letting God move in my life. Then thinking, wait, no, I should take it all back. Yeah. Why? Because I'm moving into unpredictable territory and God is showing us you got to shift your predictability from your circumstances to God. Cheryl says, get comfortable with being outside of our comfort zone. Come on, outside of what we know, as long as we have God and his stability, 
right? And his, and his goodness and the fact that he never leaves us, never forsakes us. And the fact that as long as we have that, let us rest our, because we've got, this is what we have to understand. The, the, the desire for stability has to go somewhere. We can't just pretend like we can ignore it. We cannot. It's a part of who we are. So because it has to go somewhere, we need to point it in the direction of God. Let us find stability and security in his predictability, in the fact that he is always good. He is always loving, right? <sighs> Romans says, sometimes I think we suffer from that too good to be true mentality. And we forget that we serve a good God who is true. Come on. Woo. Bailey says, when we get comfortable, we don't fight like we have anything to lose. We don't try, uh, we don't try to learn more when we are comfortable because what we know is enough. God wants more for us. Bernie says, I desire to be stable-minded, not being easily changed or altered because of the challenges of my circumstances. Right. And we get the stable mind. That's why I said the stability is not a bad thing. But we get it from God, but we're looking to get it from our circumstances and our circumstances will always throw us in turmoil. Why? Because they're ever changing. Come on. Barb says we are so predictable that there's a program called artificial intelligence. Let us continue to renew our mind. Stay in God, not in routines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bailey says, be careful what you say about yourself. Your tongue has power over life and death. And sometimes we just have to change the language on purpose. And see, the thing about it is, and we see this throughout the tribes of Israel. Sometimes we think that there are some things God is just going to do. But there's some things we have to do. Like, for instance, if we recognize that our brain, our mind has written a code. It doesn't make it a bad mind, right? It's just written a code based on our experiences. We, in order to rewrite that code, we now have to tell our mind what we want it to think based on the stability in the word of God. And if we don't take control of our mind, our, our circumstances will take control. Why? Because our mind will write codes surrounding these circumstances. Even if you you like in passing are like, oh, that's a horrible thought. Unless you start to really go after that thought to get rid of it, it will stay. It will stay. That's what we have to understand. Like our mind is just trying to do the best it can, but it could definitely use some direction from our spirit. Natalia says, my sister closed on her fave, or on her forever home. I celebrated her, but automatically began saying, well, I don't see how we could ever get a home like that. The Holy Spirit quickly checked me saying, believe me, come on. So why does that happen? Is it, a, is it because Natalia is a bad person? No, it's because our minds write codes. And when we see a code come up, we have got to go after that thing because it will shape our life our mind is doing what it's supposed to do it's not it's it's doing what it's supposed to do it 
it's doing what it's supposed to do. But now it's time to get the spirit and the spirit involved to say, okay, wait, I know that you're trying to do this, but let me direct you to where the real stability is, right? Bailey says, I've learned, I've leaned on him before and I couldn't hold myself up. But when I lean on God, he showed me grace. I couldn't show myself. Come on. Janice says, that's why we start to believe lies about who we are. That's what keeps us stuck. Having the predictability of, oh, that's just who I am. This is why it's so important to transform our minds. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, Bailey says God gives us a spirit. God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Right? Not the spirit of fear that comes from somewhere else, but it's very pervasive. The spirit of fear is very pervasive on the earth. Our mind has learned under the, the a society of fear. Even our commercials, everything is fear based. So our mind is just doing its job in the in the context that it's been given. And now we got to tell it, okay, mind. We're going to go over here. Come on. Erica says we are trying that. That's why. Yeah, that's why we're here for mornings with Jesus. Exactly. That's why this is so good. That's why reading about the distribution of land and reading about how these lands come together and then getting to the point where we're like, hold on, why didn't they go take the land? And then seeing God say they, you know, they didn't go take the land because they were used to something and they were sticking with what they're used to, even though there was a blessing available to them for land. And then God directs it back to us. See, this is how the scriptures work. Then God directs it back to us in today and says, see, look, you're no different than what they're doing. But if we switch what we are resting our stability in, If we, if we switch what we are resting our, our stability in from our circumstances to God, then guess what? We can start moving freely. Audrey reminds us, bring every thought into captivity to obey God. That is real. We look, when I look at all of the war that happens in Joshua, it makes me very uncomfortable, right? However, God is showing me that this is the way that you have to take back your mind. You are going to have to fight. There is going to be thoughts in your mind that ain't supposed to be there, that are not supposed to have residence in your mind, that's not supposed to have residence in that space in your mind. And God is showing us you are going to have to fight to get rid of the stuff that has been allowed to live there in your mind and heart, and you're going to have to get rid of it. Yes, the war in this in this, in this Bible is, man, it makes me want to pull my hair out. But the reality of it is for us is that there are some things taking up residence in our mind and our heart, and you've got to fight knowing that you will win. Why? Because God is on our side. The thing about our our minds, the scriptures say, renew your mind and then and only then will you see the good and perfect will of God. You won't even see the will of God without renewing your mind, without fighting the thoughts. And the thing about it is the thoughts aren't yours and they're not you. 
oh man, this was something that I believed for so long. I thought it was just me. This is just how I am. And God is just like, no, 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 no. Those thoughts came from circumstances that have happened over time, from the music you listen to, from the TV shows you listen to, and they seeped in your mind. You did not come into the world with all the fears that you have now. Think about a child. A child will do the craziest thing with no fear. They'll just walk out and try to touch a hot stove. The fear has to be taught. It has to be taught over time. You have to learn it by circumstances, right? And so God is saying, it's not you. So because it's not you, you can get rid of it. It is an intruder. They're not who you are. They came from somewhere. And once you can separate the thought from yourself, you can get rid of it. But the longer you, there have been times where I've sat in sadness because sadness felt comfortable. I was afraid of what would happen if I gave it away. And I know that sounds crazy. But like there was some times that I even sat in, in, in anger. Because I was like, well, if I give this anger away, then that person's going to take advantage of me again. So I would keep the anger inside of myself that was literally killing me. But somehow I had thought I had created this idea that my anger had to stay so that that person would know that what they did was wrong. And guess what? They never figured it out. But I kept the anger in me because this is how I was used to dealing with the situation. God had to show me, look, if you don't take control of your mind in your heart, if you don't activate the spirit that I gave you, the scriptures say that we basically are three parts. We have our flesh. We have our soul which is the mind, will, and emotions. And then we have our spirit. The scriptures say that the spirit belongs to God, period. So it says the spirit of man will return to God. The thing that we are kind of, that there's a war over is the soul of a man. The spirit returns to God. So the spirit is like, I, I think of it like a walkie-talkie to God. This, and this is why even people that are not, that don't believe in Christ, you can see that sometimes something activates in them and they do something very in alignment with God because we all have a spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is something different, but we've all been, we all have a spirit and it says the spirit returns to God. Right. And so this is like and then then the Holy Spirit, man, we get a whole jolt, a jump start. But our our soul is the middleman. So we got to understand how this works. Scripturally speaking, our soul is the middle. Our soul is constantly determining whether I get my stability from the flesh or whether I get my stability from the spirit. The soul is constantly searching for where the stability and the real help comes from. Searching for who it will attach itself to. 
And wherever the soul goes, this is what we have to understand about how we're designed. Wherever the soul decides to go, the flesh will follow. So if the soul, this is why, this is why when we do things like fasting and things like that, we lower the sound of the flesh. And then our soul can more clearly hear the spirit and attach itself to them. And then we notice that the flesh kind of follows suit. Like, okay, I guess we're going over here. I won't give as many, um, as many things that I thoughts that I used to do. So we've got to understand that's how, that's how we are designed. So when God is showing us war and all this stuff, and he's showing us us, he's like, you're going to have to do the same thing with your mind and with these intruder, intrusive thoughts that have come over time. Some of us are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. And so there's all those thoughts that we just let slide. We're like, uh, we see it, we hear it, and we're like, ooh. But we don't combat it with something. We don't give our mind something else to think. And then we stay stuck. And God is showing us that, hey, you're getting stuck because you're finding your stability in your circumstances. Remind your mind, reset the code to get your stability from God. And then you can move anywhere. You can go and do anything. Right? You you can go. And so daily do this. Daily renew your mind. Right? Every day. Bevy says we need to rid ourselves of the I am not good enough mentality. Someone once shared with me that the heart and tongue speak a different love language. <laughs> I love it. And the reality, so I, I struggled with the whole I am not good enough thing, right? I struggled with that. I struggled with that hard. And and the, the new thought that I came to and the new thought that I'm resting in that's biblical is, yes, I am not good enough. But with God, I'm unstoppable. Because the thing about it is you can't really lie to your mind. You do recognize that by myself, there are some things that I can't do. I have human limits. So there may be some things I can't do. So I can't lie to my mind, right? Because my mind would be like getting into some cognitive dissonance, like, oh, wait, 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 hold up. But there's that and there's that. And you really can't do this. Like, this is not making any sense. So when we try to throw our mind into cognitive dissonance, it won't work. But when I say to myself, look, yeah, okay. I'm not good enough, but with God, I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. And that's real. My mind can't fight me on that. Because it's true. With God, I'm unstoppable. Think about it. I I don't know how. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know how to start a business. But God knows all things and God lives in me. And so therefore with God, I'm unstoppable. Because the reality is maybe right now I don't know and that's okay. But it's okay because God knows and he's with me. So with God, I'm unstoppable. God gives wisdom to those that ask. Through God, I know what I need to know. 
Come on. With God, I'm unstoppable. Say that. Let yourself know. It's not me. I'm not good enough, right? I recognize my own human limitations. But look, my human limitations are just areas for God to shine. Woo! It's areas to see the power of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Your mind is going to, if you ever try to present, try this. If you ever try to present your mind with some cognitive dissonance, your mind will be like, whoop, whoop. But what about this? But what about this? But what about this? Your mind is going to constantly try to prove that, hey, I don't think that's the, the a good thought to think. But when you give your mind something that like, look, I recognize my human limitations, but I also recognize that I serve a limitless God and God with God, I'm unstoppable. Fight me on that mind. You can't because it's true. It's true. It's true. Come on. God used Moses. God showed his unstoppableness in Abraham. God showed his unstoppableness in Paul. God showed his unstoppableness in all these humans that I see walking around on the earth. And God will show his unstoppableness in me. Come on. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With God, I'm unstoppable. And that's just real. And that's just real. My mind can try to try to fight me, try to find, but it can't, it won't find, it won't find because that's true. So we've got to find statements that are true. Sometimes we try to we try to do statements that are like half truths, like I'm so great, I'm so awesome. Like look in the mirror and tell yourself how perfect, how great and wonderful you are. Look, sometimes I know my mind lives with me. And they're like, but but yesterday you did this and this, and, and now you up in the mirror trying to tell you something. your mind understands when there is enough evidence to prove the contrary. But when I say Look, with God, I'm unstoppable. Period. With God, I'm unstoppable. And I've got evidence to back that up. Because when I've leaned into God and followed God, I've been able to do things that I've never thought possible on my own. But with God, I'm unstoppable. You see, when we start to realize that God is where the stability comes from, God is where the help comes from, God is where the power comes from, God is where the enoughness comes from, then when our mind tries to tell us that we're not enough, we say, oh, but hold up, I am in God, God is in me, so therefore I'm enough because the God that is enough lives in me, guides me, and leads me. So it's not that I'm enough on my own, but through God, I'm enough. Why? Because he's enough. Come on. And his enoughness carries any, covers any lack that I may have. His enough covers any lack that I may have. Come on, hallelujah. So I can maneuver through circumstances and situations that used to drag me down. Why? Because when we finally realize that God, through him, I'm unstoppable. I'll go survey the land. What Caleb, 
Go back to Caleb. Look at Caleb versus these guys here. Caleb was one man that went into a land of giants to survey the land with other spies. And when he went into the land of giants, everybody else saw the giants through their own lack. But Caleb was like, oh, they big, but with God, I'm unstoppable. Come on. There may be giants in the land, but with God, I'm unstoppable. Hallelujah. There may be situations and circumstances that are uncomfortable, but with God, I'm unstoppable. Come on. There may be hard times that I got to walk through, but with God, I'm unstoppable. There may be things that I have to go through, things in my life that I didn't want to go through, but with God, I'm unstoppable. Come on. That is a thing. I recognize my lack. I recognize that I can't do it with without God, but with God, I'm unstoppable. David recognized everybody else in Israel was, was, was so terrified of Goliath, terrified. He was huge. But David recognized, hold up. God was with me with the bear. God was with me with the lion. Who, and this is what David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that stands against the armies of the living God? D David was like, look, it's not about me, but it's the fact that you came against God. And so now, therefore, I'm going to come against you because I recognize something with God. I'm unstoppable. Woo! With God, I'm unstoppable. When we need to rewrite the code, let us remind ourselves of that. Oh, well, this and that, you can't do this because of pastor. Look, with God, I'm unstoppable. With God, I'm unstoppable. We think about Joseph going through slavery, going through prison, being wrongfully accused, ending up second in command in Egypt. Why? Because with God, he was unstoppable. Come on. He could go through the, the, it might not have been easy. It might not have been easy, but with God, he was unstoppable. Think about the three Hebrew boys. This is how you rewrite the code, right? You got to remind yourself of what you know. Think about the three Hebrew boys. They said, oh, we're going to throw you in the fire because you don't bow down to this statue. And they say, throw me in the fire because whether God gets me out the fire or not, I'm still going to serve him. Why? Because with God, I'm unstoppable. Whether I live or die, we have to realize that the three Hebrew boys did not know that they were going to be delivered from the fire, but they knew that they served a God that was well able to do it. And they recognized that whether God chose to keep them in the fire or take them home to heaven with God, they were still unstoppable. Come on. I don't get my stability from being inside the fire or outside the fire. If God is with me, my stability goes with me wherever I go. With God, I am unstoppable. I can find stability in the fire because God is in the fire. It said, they, it said he looked, the king looked into the fire. It says he saw one that looked like the son of God. Come on. Walking in the fire with the boys. See, look, I don't have to look at my circumstances anymore because with God, I'm unstoppable. That's how you rewrite your brain, whether I'm in the fire or out the fire. With God, I'm unstoppable. Come on. 
If Bailey says, if God is with me, who can stand against me? Real talk. This is how you rewrite your mind. And let me tell you, your thoughts are going to try to come against you. They're going to try to prove to you, well, why? Because it wants to make sure you're making a wise choice for yourself. But you keep saying, huh, look, mind. You got to be like David. I done fought the lion. I done fought the bear. And I didn't die. And I was successful fighting lion and the bear. And it wasn't because of me. It was because with God, I'm unstoppable. So when the giant comes, I already know because I already saw God with the lion and with the bear. Come on. Some of us are like, I done been homeless. Come on. I done been homeless. I done been in prison. I done been, I done been, I have been gone through all these things. All my friends and family done left me. I got evidence that God walks with me and that with God, I'm unstoppable. I have evidence that God literally has picked me up in parts of my life and has taken me to the next step. So you can't tell me mind that my God is not unstoppable. You have got to get a little violent and rough with your thoughts. You have to say, look, you are lying to me because I got evidence. I remember when I fought the lion. I remember when I went through the homelessness. I remember when everybody rejected me. I remember when this and God was there. So with God, I'm unstoppable. With God, I'm unstoppable. Jenna said, but did you die though? <laughs> I ain't dead. And look what God has brought me through. Come on, brain. Get with reality. Come on, brain. That's what you got. Come on, brain. Come on. Give me something I can work with now. Give me something I can work with. Your brain try to try to tell you you ain't lovable. But the God of the universe loves me. Come on, brain. Give me something I can work with. Come on, because that one ain't true. If the God of the universe who made everybody on the universe loves me, then I'm pretty sure that he can bring a human being that loves me. Come on. Come on, brain. Give me something I can work with. That ain't true. With God, I'm unstoppable. Come on, brain. You got to give me something I can work with. Stop, stop telling me all them lies. When, when some one of our sisters said, when the, the thoughts well up and you see somebody get something, you think, oh, I could never have a house like that. Oh, come on, brain. Now, you know you a lie. What about that job that God blessed you with, with that I didn't even deserve? What about that door that God opened? Come on, brain. You stop lying. We've got to start doing that with our thoughts. Come on, please. With God, I'm unstoppable. And what's for me is for me. Period. With God, I'm unstoppable. And this is not this is not getting on a high horse. It's just true. That's the same thing with these guys. They had land. Them going to, going to accept the land that they had been given is not them being holier than thou or being on a high horse. It was already theirs. <laughs> they just had to go get it. Come on. So sometimes we got to tell our mind, like, give me something I can work with now. Because, because all these lies that you done picked up from people, people are so fickle. 
give me something I can work with. Come on. But God, I'm unstoppable. Bevy says, thank you, God. I have the evidence and the marks to prove that it was you who brought me through. Come on. Sometimes you got to get like that with your mind. Oh, 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 mind. You must have forgot how God, you must have forgot. It's okay, because I'm going to go ahead and remind you. You must have forgot how God saw you through that really hard situation. You must have forgot how God did it. You must have forgot. Come on, Bailey said, you must have forgot your history with God. Let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and activate my spirit because mine, you on some other stuff right now. So I need to, I need to let the spirit remind you so that you can come on, get with the picture. I get it, mine. I get it. That it takes you a, a while to come around, right? But come on now, you got to get with the picture because you believe in lies now, mine. It's not logical. Hit, hit, the, hit your mind with, it's not logical. Your mind will be like, it's not logical. Wait, wait. Because the mind is all about logic. You hit your mind and say, mind, that's actually not logical. What? No, wait, I got to rewrite the code. That's not logical. Come on. Come on, hallelujah. Come on. With God, I'm unstoppable. And now I have a part to play in this. When I recognize with God, I'm unstoppable, I have a part. I have to follow God. Because my mind will begin to understand. Oh. Oh, I get it now. She's following God. And God is leading her. Therefore, she's unstoppable. Your mind will start to understand. Your mind will start to understand. Come on. Barb says reading the Bible gives your brain something to work with. Come on. The brain is like, oh, okay, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. It'll come around, come on. You just got to keep telling it. Got to keep directing it. But then you have to intentionally follow God as well. Come on, Janice, there's a glitch in the code. Rewrite, reboot, reset. And there it is again, my word for the year. Lord, keep speaking. Come on, Re rewrite, reboot, reset. With God, I'm unstoppable. With God, I'm unstoppable. If it's, Bailey said, if it's not what God said, don't hold on to that thought. You got to, when you're, th when thoughts come up, we have to say, where did it come from? Well, it came from the trauma of my past. It came from the hurt from my mom. Okay. That's legitimate. We understand where it came from. Now, is it true? Is the source that you got that thought from trustworthy? It ain't God. So it ain't trustworthy. 
Come on, Bevy says, I often share that all our family's accomplishments started with zero. It all begins and ends with God. Thank you, Jesus, for we are not our own. Come on. With God, I'm unstoppable. So when Joshua raises up to them seven tribes and says, go take the land. It's already been cleared out for you. You just got to go survey it. When God is saying to our heart, go do the thing. We can get up and go do it. Why? Because God, I was like, it's so funny. I'm wearing this shirt today. Faith over fear. Come on. With God, I'm unstoppable. Because it's not about me. It's about him. Hallelujah. Come on. This is who is my identity in? Come on. This is one of them. I love when God does this. This is one of them defibrillator Bible studies that literally take a defibrillator to your heart and go boom. Like it just like jolts you back awake. You're like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm awake. I'm alive. With God, I, with God, I'm unstoppable. Ooh, Janice gives us an acronym and then we're going to pray. She says, think, T-H-I-N-K. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Got, uh, good to use before speaking to ourselves as well as others. Come on. And one of the ones I like to say is, is it biblical? Is it biblical? Real quick, if I'm angry with a friend, and I decide I'm not even going to tell that friend why I'm angry. I'm not. I'm just going to hold it in. Is that biblical? Nope. Because the scriptures say, Jesus actually says this. Hey, when you have an offense with someone, you bring it to them. First step. Then, then he goes down and talks about all these other steps that you do when you have an offense. So me holding and harboring in the offense and letting resentment breed isn't biblical. I, love, I, I use that now with a lot. And when I don't use it. My husband asks me this question. He says, what kingdom is that of? Ugh, that question blows my mind every time he asks it. Because he's like, is it from the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? I'm like, I mean, you're right. I do have to evaluate this thought, but I really don't want to right now. So begin to ask yourself whether it's the think acronym, whether it's, is it biblical? Whether it's what kingdom is this thought of? And then remind it and say, with God, I'm unstoppable. We got to get in the habit of using God first language. With God, God first, I'm unstoppable. Oh, man, this is so good. I feel like, woo, is anybody else ready to fight some thoughts? Like, come on, come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just like extra hyped this morning, but I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's do this. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. God, I'm so hyped up. Thank you, God, for showing up like you always do, for being consistent, stable, um, for being good, for being loving, for being dependable, for being faithful, for being everything that we look for in the world. You encompass all in you. So, Father God, would you help us to continue to put our 
desire for the predictable in you, to put our desire for safety in you. Lord, would you help us to find that in you? Lord, help us to identify the thoughts that come up and give us new thoughts to think, God. Father, help us not to condemn ourselves when the thoughts come up. Because, man, we've been thinking these things for 30 plus years. But with you, Lord, we know we can rewrite the code because of you. Because of you, God, we are unstoppable. Because of you, God, our thoughts can't even stop us. Because of you, God, even the emotions and the things that used to derail us, they can't stop us. Because of you, God, because of you, we can rewrite the code. So, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for being you. We thank you for being all-powerful. We thank you for being all-knowing. We thank you for who you are, God. Because in you, through you, by you, because of you, we are unstoppable. And we thank you. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you guys. I pray that you have an absolutely amazing first day of April. I'm going to put an announcement video in the app with some things that we can look forward to in the month of April. But y'all, can I just say this? With God, sis, you are unstoppable. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. I love my sister Erica for continuing to remind me because I do forget. And if this ministry is blessing your life in any way, please give $2, $5, $100. I don't care. Whatever God put in your heart. It helps us to continue this. It helps us to keep doing the work in the app. It helps us to continue. Right now, we're working on some things with the chapters, and we're going to be working on some things with getting some more counseling um, counseling services and things available to members of Faith Mama's Tribe. So, so when you donate, you help us to do these things. Come on. Woo! Come on, y'all. With God, I'm unstoppable. Hallelujah. I love you guys. Oh, Kalita said, can you please, can you put full details in the app about the retreat? Yes, there is a section in the app and it says retreat. I think it's under the store right now. I probably should take it out from back there and give it its own section. But if you go to the shop section of the app, I believe the retreat is there, but I will pull it out so it's easier to find. Um, and it has all the details. And I think I even give a little video there about it. So go ahead and check the app. Um, it's either going to, if you don't see it on the main page, it's going to be in the shop section. Um, and I'll try to move it to the main page as well. Um, yep. And the Amazon thing that should be in the app as well. I'll, I'll explain all of that in the app and I'll put up a April announcement video that will hopefully be helpful. Um, thanks guys for the willingness to support. God is so good. And I pray that you have a, an amazing April and don't forget it's April Fool's Day. So watch out for the pranksters. They're coming for you. Okay. I just want to make sure that you remember. I want to make sure you remember. Don't get caught off guard today. It's April 1st. <laughs> I love you guys. Have an amazing day and I will see you guys Sunday. And then I'll see you again for mornings with Jesus on Monday. Bye for now.